G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. Jesus had a wildly popular growing ministry. In today's program, we're going to see how he got it and, of course, the byproducts that can be unpleasant, namely opposition. Our series is entitled, The Kingly Messiah. Understanding the Gospel of Matthew, Part 1, a verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. And we are dealing with the topic of the growing ministry. Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 to 25. Jesus' fame spread very promptly, and that's before telecommunications or cyberspace were ever conceived. He had a growing ministry because he brought words of life. He had a growing ministry because he had the touch of the supernatural. He met people's physical, mental, emotional, and of course, spiritual needs. He did so in a most amazing manner. Now, we are dealing with only three verses today, and verse 23 of Matthew 4 is what I want to focus on right at the moment. It says that Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Now, that's a pretty good summary of what Jesus did from the lakeside city of Capernaum, where he had his headquarters. From Capernaum, he went about all Galilee. That's his itinerary. We'll talk more about this in depth shortly. He went to the synagogues He taught in the synagogues, he preached the gospel, and then he healed all kinds of sickness, all kinds of disease, and of course he cast out devils, and sometimes even caused the dead to rise. So that was a great summary here of his ministry. It tells us that he went about all of Syria. Now that's a rather interesting phrase, all of Syria. We're going to learn more what that phrase actually means as we proceed through the lesson. But Syria is uh, the key phrase where he did his ministry. And then we're going to also learn something else. Where did the multitudes come from? Who are these people that left jobs, left places of residence, left whatever, to travel to the Sea of Galilee region to hear about Jesus, or they came to hear him at one of the places he spoke at in Galilee. I understand, although not 100% proof, but strong probability, that there's two key cities in Galilee 
that Jesus did not visit at all. Amazingly, these are major cities. One of them is called Tiberias. It's on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee. And the other one is called Sephorus, which may have served as a capital for Galilee in the time of Herod Antipas. It may even have been where Herod was located. If that is the case, very interesting to say the least, because Sephorus in particular was amazingly, amazingly close to Nazareth. If you go on the Jesus Trail, you will get very close to Sephorus. In fact, you could actually walk to Sephorus on the same morning that you start the Jesus Trail in Nazareth. It's that close. Now, Jesus may have visited Sephorus before his ministry, but we have no record that he visited Sephorus during his ministry. The same may or may not apply to Tiberius, but we'll look at that a little bit more down the track. Where did these people come from? We believe they came from long distances as well as nearby. That they would have come from the Decapolis cities. They would have come from cities beyond the Jordan River. And when we talk about beyond Jordan, there are places in Jordan that are prominent in Scripture, and people came from them. Of course, there's the region of Judea, and in Judea, you have the capital city of Jerusalem. And people came from there too. Remember that to visit Jesus from Jerusalem, especially if he was in Capernaum, was probably a four-day journey by foot, at least four-day journey. But you know what? When you are hungry and when you are thirsty, you will go at great lengths to get that hunger and thirst satisfied. And Jesus is the antidote for every hungry and thirsty soul. We're going to continue now by reading the entire portion, Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 to 25. Our lesson is called The Growing Ministry. And our text again, Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 to 25. Let's listen to the word of the Lord. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, and from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. The reading is from Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 to 25, and the lesson is called The Growing Ministry. Here's a little background information. Until now, Jesus had been preparing for ministry, including the temptation in the wilderness, the move to Capernaum, the call of the disciples. Now that his base had been established and disciples called, he would go forth and do the work of the ministry. Not long ago, I read an interesting quote that said, the road to influence passes through a place called obscurity. I can relate to that. I'm sure a lot of people can. That before you blossom in your springtime, you go through the winter of obscurity. Nobody knows 
Nobody cares. You're pretty much left on your own. But in this seemingly lonely hothouse is where you begin to develop. Nobody knew anything about Jesus of Nazareth for the first 30 years of his life. And remember, he didn't live among the influential and the high and mighty in Jerusalem. He lived in a village of just a few hundred people called Nazareth. And talk about obscurity. It was the obscure of the obscure. He he just was there. Nobody knew, nobody heard, nobody cared. And then he goes to the Jordan River, gets baptized by John. The lights turn on. People began to see him for what he was. Then he went into temporary obscurity again, 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness of Judea. After that happened, he, he just came out in power and glory with momentum, and the ministry caught on like an Australian bushfire. It spread everywhere. So it didn't all happen, shall we say, out of nowhere. It was during the time of obscurity that Jesus was being developed for the great work he would do. Remember, Moses had his time of obscurity. He was 40 years in Midian before he lived in Egypt in a cosmopolitan environment at Pharaoh's court, no less, learning the wisdom of the Egyptians. And then, of course, he goes to Midian, long story, killed a man in Egypt, had to flee, goes to Midian for 40 years, and there he was being developed because the 40 years in Midian was preparing him for the desert environment of which he'd have to partake of for another 40 years, leading the children of Israel from Egypt to Canaan. So he had his obscurity. Apostle Paul had his obscurity times as well, where he goes from Damascus, and then he's in Arabia, and then after three years he goes to Jerusalem, according to the epistle to the Galatian. All this time of obscurity should be seen as time of rest, time of preparation, time of learning, time of positioning. It should not be seen as God has forsaken me, nobody loves me. Again, if you have a strongly narcissistic bent, you will feel that way. But when we learn to embrace the cross of Jesus, die to ourselves, die to our ambitions, die to our good ideas, die to our manipulative fleshly ways, and come alive through biblical, spirit-filled living, then we too can burst on the scene and have God use us in a powerful way. Nobody who's mightily used of God is always in the spotlight. There has the time of obscurity for each and every one of us. So, let's keep that in mind as we proceed to learn about this amazing ministry of Jesus and remember what he promises us in the Gospel of John. You will do greater works than these because I ascend to my Father in heaven. The implication is, by the ascension of Jesus to the Father in heaven means the descension of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives us power to do the works of the ministry, to do the works of Jesus. So let's again focus on Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, his ministry itinerary. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. So, first of all, let's understand what this means. Jesus traveled through, it says, all Galilee. 
That phrase is actually referring to something more specific. When it says all Galilee, it means lower Galilee. Galilee can be termed as a rectangular region in the north of the country. The bottom half is in the south, obviously, and it is lower, lower elevation, much more inhabited, even roads going from the lake in the east due west to the Mediterranean. They call them transversal valleys, east-west valleys, and that's in Lower Galilee. A lot of famous villages there, like Gath-Hefer, which is where Jonah comes from in Galilee, like Cana, the village where the first miracle of Jesus took place, turning the water into wine. Sephorus, Galilean main city, was there in these valleys, and so on. Upper Galilee is the northern half. It is higher, mountainous, obviously, and less inhabited. Part of Upper Galilee is now in the present-day country of Lebanon. So Jesus really focused on Lower Galilee. And if you ever go to Magdala, which is just north of Tiberias, only in recent years, I would say in the year 2009 and later, they did some excavation and found to their amazement, a synagogue dating to the first century. As far as I know, this is the only synagogue in that region dating to the first century. Now, what's the likelihood of Jesus having been in the synagogue at Magdala, which has only recently been excavated? I would say it's very high. After all, Jesus ministered in the northwestern corner of the lake, and Magdala is there. Plus, of course, he goes inland towards the west to minister in all Galilee. Amazing. So he taught in the synagogues, he preached the gospel of the kingdom, and he healed all manner of sickness and disease. Obviously, such a powerfully effective ministry will be a growing ministry, too. And remember, there's two cities we think he didn't visit. One was Tiberias and one is Sephorus. Why? I can only guess. If Herod was based in Sephorus, and Jesus was the most apolitical person, he did say to give to Caesar what is Caesar and to God what is God's, but he didn't preach politics from the pulpit because he was the ambassador and the monarch of a coming kingdom. So he's not going to fuss about a kingdom that's temporal and dying out while he really wants to focus on a kingdom that will have no end. Herod represented the temporal kingdom. He represented the Roman occupation. He was corrupt and decadent in his own right, and so was the dynasty he represented. And furthermore, for whatever reason, Jesus just didn't want to deal with Herod. He even refers to him as that fox. So if he's headquartered in Sephorus and he didn't want to deal with Herod, then I guess it made sense that he may not have ever visited during his ministry. And Tiberias was an unsavory city that Herod built. As his father, Herod the Great, built Caesarea, Sebastia, Jericho, Herodian, and so many other things. Herod wanted to be like his father and leave a legacy. Well, his legacy, Herod Antipas, husband of Herodias, was the city of Tiberias. He built it when Jesus was around 20 years old or so, and now Jesus was in his early 30s. And because it was Herod's city, and because it was not a godly place, they had a lot of riffraff, apparently, in the early days, before 
Later on, it became a Jewish holy city. Amazing. From an unsavory to a Jewish holy city. I'm talking about rabbinic Judaism. Judaism, not the biblical version. So he didn't go there either. But he went everywhere else. And even if he didn't go somewhere, no problem. The crowds came to him. And it said that his fame spread throughout, and here's the phrase, all Syria. What does this phrase mean? I've checked it in the Greek, and it says Syria. This was an enlarged region. Syria, as a region, refers to the western boundary, which is the Mediterranean, the southern boundary, which is Palestine, the eastern boundary represents the Euphrates River in Arabia, and the northern boundary of the Taurus and Amanus Mountains. So it's a big region. Part of the reason that the gospel spread so quickly throughout, quote-unquote, all Syria is because of the previously mentioned Via Maris, V-I-A-M-A-R-I-S, Via Maris, which is the international highway linking Africa with Eurasia. Once the miracles of Jesus started to flow, the word spread very, very quickly. The multitudes brought to him all kinds of sick people with all kinds of diseases. And that's not all. They also brought to him people afflicted with all kinds of torments, meaning demon-possessed people, those who were mentally ill, and the paralyzed. He healed them all. Now, with such a track record, no wonder the crowds kept growing. I mean, after all, Jesus was where the action is. So, where did the multitudes come from? We read it in Matthew 4, verse 25. They came from various places. They came, of course, from his home region of Galilee. Obviously, Galileans didn't have to travel as far. They came from the Decapolis, Decapolis, ten Greek-speaking cities. They were either on the east side of the Jordan Valley or on the west side. Jerash, a famous archaeological site in Jordan, was one of the Decapolis cities. Bethshaan, known in the New Testament time as Scythopolis, was a Decapolis city. Bethshaan is just south of the Sea of Galilee. There are eight other cities as well. I think Philadelphia, which is now part of the Jordanian capital of Amman, was a Decapolis city. Greek-speaking cities that sent multitudes of people to hear of the ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. And then there were people from Judea and from the holy city of Jerusalem. And there were people also from beyond the Jordan, possibly the east bank of Jordan, Gilead, Ammon, Moab, Edom. Well, none of these places are overly far. By modern standards, they could be several day's journey by foot in Jesus' day. So our lesson is called The Growing Ministry. And our lesson for life is preaching the word and exercising God's supernatural gifts should be the rule, not the exception. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations, Education, and thank you for liking our page. You can also go to our homepage at tantan.org.au and subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter. We want to help you to become future-ready with value-added advice from the Bible, Victorious Christian Living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for learning about the growing ministry of Jesus, preaching the Word, 
ministering in the Holy Spirit, caring for the needs of people, no wonder his ministry grew. And we can also enjoy growing ministries. They don't have to be just like his, but the fact is influence that spreads far and wide, bringing people into your light, into your love, and into your kingdom. Through Christ Jesus the Lord we pray. Amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.